So, yeah, let's just get into it. Uh, so, when chatting to, to uh, Estienne this week, there was really a sense that, um, and, I, and I picked that up this morning, that we want to be open to what the Spirit wants to say. Um, and uh, we do lead that way, um, even in our leadership. But across 412, we lead that way. Um, there are, there's no cookie cutter. There's no, there's no this, we've planned this, and this is what's going to happen. We have to be so ready and open just to move. And, and I loved what you said, Estienne. I think it was in the prayer meeting. But you, you um, referred to the Spirit as a river, which the Bible does talk about. But I love that picture. And this river of just flowing left and right, up and down. And almost these loose banks. They're not these concrete banks, but these banks that are able to take an overflow. Are able to. And just as we are in the river, we move with Him. And so really, just even this morning, sensing, I want to be very, very sensitive to what the Lord is doing this morning even with my preach. And so I do feel like this, that God is wanting to encourage us today. And maybe, maybe even just do a little bit of a recalibration um, in some of our hearts as maybe we just, maybe take a few thoughts captive and just realign with, with what the Lord is wanting to say to us this morning. So I'm gonna start with something quite specific. And so I went to Gareth and I asked him quickly. So this is a last minute thing. So I'm gonna try and do this, bear with me. Because we can't play a YouTube video, essentially. But I want, I want to play something. And I'm going to see if I can play. It's actually, it's not a YouTube video video. It's a YouTube audio. All right. And so I'm going to play something through the microphone. Hopefully you can hear it. Um, and really trusting that um, it just does what it, what it needs to do. So I'm not, I'm not reformed by thinking. And I, but I, uh, so definitely not Calvinist. But I do think that a lot of the Reformed teachers um, on this area that he's going to talk about, I think they carry something so powerful. <laughs> Lack of Jeff. No, really. So, um, you know, and I don't want to get into the theology of, of Calvinism or Arminianism or any of that kind of thing, but I do want to say that when it comes to the Calvinist way of thinking, especially the Reformed way of thinking, when, it talks, when we talk about the holiness of God and, and those type of subjects, I think they, they really hit the mark well. Not only that, a lot of these Reformed teachers, they, they teach it well and they explain it well, way better than I can do. So I'm going to play a little clip from R.C. Sproul. Some of you may know him or may have heard of him. Incredible Reformed teacher. Um, really understand some of the deep truths of the, and mysteries of the faith. But um, I want to play something that, um, just to allow us, I think, just to look at Jesus and look at God and who he is. Oh, my goodness, before I go into what I want to share. So let's see if this works. All right. It's a little portion. It's six minutes long. Bear with me. It's called Mighty God. I want to say, are you ready? Are you ready? Now, just, just strap in. Can you bind the Pleiades? Can you draw out the Leviathan with a seven-pound test line? The same power that God unleashes in creation is that power that he invests in this baby in the manger in Bethlehem. So he'll be called Wonderful. He'll be called Counselor. And he will be called Mighty God. And in the use of the language here in Isaiah, 
This doesn't simply indicate God's omnipotent strength, which the Bible documents over and over and over again. But the particular description that is used here is the description of God as a warrior who fights for his people, who rescues them out of slavery in Egypt, who crushes the entire Egyptian army and the power of Pharaoh, who brings down nations by his laughter because he is the almighty one, the mighty warrior who fights for his people. The title that is used in the Old Testament for the mighty power of God is that title El Shaddai, which is found more often in Job than in any other book in the Old Testament. And that title El Shaddai describes the one who overpowers, the one who can't be conquered, the one who cannot lose. You remember when Job was on the edge of despair and he was sitting on the dung heap and his wife is encouraging him to curse God and die that he might be relieved of his relentless pain and suffering. And Job begins to question God. Why are you doing this? Speak to me. And when God answers, he says, gird up yourself like a man. I will ask, and you will answer, who is this who darkens counsel with words without knowledge? Who are you? What's your name? Speak up. He said, you want to ask me questions, Job? I'm going to ask you some first. Here's your theological examination. Where were you when I set the foundations of the world? Speak up. Where were you when I set the stars in their courses? Job, can you unbuckle the belt of Orion? I can. Can you bind the Pleiades? I can. Can you draw out the Leviathan with a seven-pound test line? I can. And God goes on for chapter after chapter with these questions. And Job is saying, no, 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 no. And when God is finished, Job said, I will place my hand upon my mouth. Behold, I abhor myself. I repent in dust and ashes. I will speak no more against your name. You see, the way God answered the questions of Job, beloved, was not with a proposition, but with himself. He displayed the unconquerable power of himself to Job's utter amazement. And we have lost that sense of awe before the power of God. We think of the power of creation when there was nothing but this darkness and God speaks the world into existence. He says, let there be light and the lights come on. 
In the very first act of creation, the darkness is vanquished by his word. There's nobody here who can begin to conceive of that power, the power of creation. But the same power that God unleashes in creation is that power that he visits this world with in his redemption and that he invests in this baby in the manger in Bethlehem. For unto us, a child is born. And unto us, a son is given, and he shall be called Mighty God. And so this babe is endowed from on high with the fullness of the power of God. That's the one we worship, not an impotent deity but an almighty one. Who is it that we serve? A mighty, holy God. Not some made-up thing that just happens to meet our needs and we want to just call buddy and hang out with. A mighty, holy God. The name that is above every other name. The one that is set apart, his name is Jesus. Just even this morning, something of the fear of God, just to be birthed back inside of us as the Western church, that we carry this, this revelation that we serve a God that is not of this world. He is the creator, not created. Yo. He's not our buddy. He is friend, but he's not our buddy. He's holy. Oh, man. Close my laptop now. <laughs> we love you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord. Even this morning, God, will you come and do something fresh and new in us? Will you well up from inside of us just this revelation of who you are? To see you, to see you for who you are, God. Jesus, oh, man. Um, my life is, uh, um, wasn't always, as you know, but my life is sold out for the king and his kingdom. I'm passionate about our God. I'm passionate about it. And I'm passionate about his church, his bride. I'm passionate about it. It's what I live for. I love my wife. I love my kids. But I live for Jesus and his bride. That's what I do. I, I, that's how I can't. I can't do anything else. Maybe it's just a way of being created. I'm all in. So when I was playing soccer, I was all in. And everything else took a back seat. But Jesus came and wrecked me and changed something in me. And I'm sold out for him. I never want to do anything else. This is what I was made for. I'm just, that's my life. This is what I was made for. I was made to serve you, Lord. Yo. Man, I'm trusting that even this morning that this, as, I'm, as I'm speaking, I'm trusting that the Spirit comes and ignites something, a passion for His name, a passion for His name. He died for each and every single one of you. We owe our lives to Him. Josh Jen has always been this. We're not here to play church and fill up a pews and just come and hang out for a little bit. We are here to have a life 
that is completely and utterly sold out for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We owe it all to Him. My lives are not our own. And I know it's easy for me to just stand up, oh, Dane, you're in full-time ministry and all that kind of stuff. No. Oh, man. God wants to bring something into us and just, oh, yeah, I don't want to jump ahead of myself. We'll get there now. Oh. All right. So we've just heard, uh, obviously, probably, this is probably not good le- um, a preaching uh, lesson to preach after R.C. Sproul. It's probably not great. Okay. So just bear with me, all right? <laughs> um, so, uh, but I want to say that the same God that chooses, that we, just, that we just heard about, this mighty God, the one that can un- unbuckle the belt of Orion, hey, I love that, is that same God chooses to show his love for us. And I really felt this morning that there was going to be something, it always is pretty much actually, whenever we're preaching, whenever we're ministering, no matter what subject we're preaching on or ministering on or talking on or speaking on, no matter what it is, the love of God should always be coming through because that's really who he is. Now, but, but I believe this morning God wants to be quite specific with that. And so in 1 John 4, 4 verse 9 to 10, it says this, this is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Yeah, and I just... Mm. Oh, just, uh, yeah, just to throw out a question this morning, um, without, without me having grounded it really much, but maybe this is just what the Lord wants to say this morning. Are you, this morning, sitting here, are you in love with him? Are you in love with Jesus? Has he, has he grabbed your heart? Passionately in love with Jesus. Because I believe that those that he's set apart, those that he's called out of darkness, those that he's died for, that there's something that should be bubbling up from inside of us. We are in love with you, Jesus. You are enough. You are our portion. Not my work, not my career, my family, my kids, my spouse, whatever. You are enough, Jesus. Are you in love? with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He loves you, we know that, but are you in love with him? I want to say in front of you guys, just because I can only speak for myself, I am in love with Jesus. I love him. I love him. I owe my life to him. When I close my eyes and think of him, when I stand here and worship him, and we're singing some of these songs, I am, I am overwhelmed by how much, what he's done for me, that's not even it. I just, as I just start to worship him, I'm just reminded something wells up inside of me and I'm like, I love you, Jesus. I love you, God. Those moments are, I had a moment when I was in the week pre- actually prepping for this and uh, I was in my room back in Pretoria and just worshiping. That's, that's my place. I must be honest. Worship is my place. I love worship. I love worshiping. And... Um, Oh, the Spirit of God just came into my bedroom. And uh, I was halfway through this and uh, closed the laptop. And the Spirit of God just came and ministered. And I just started weeping. Not because I'm thinking of all the terrible things that I've done in the past or how bad I am or whatever. I just started weeping because I realized how much, how much He loves me and how much I'm in love with Him. What is that? What is that? I can't see Him. 
I can't touch him. I can't feel him. But I'm in love with him. It's the spirit of the living God that as he moves and we, and we open up ourselves to what God wants to do in our lives, in and through us, there's something of our spirits that connect with him and he draws us in. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. He draws us into, into that sweet place. And I was just like, I think Claire came in um, to call me for dinner or something. And I was just like, tears coming down and my nose is running. And I'm like, she's like, oh, sorry, and went out. Um, but are we having those moments? Are we having those moments? These are great. I, I love the church. You know I love the church. I just said that. And Claire will know that I love the church. But are we having those moments? Are we having those moments where we've closed the door and we're weeping before the Lord just because of who He is? Oh, man. Everything that we do has to, has to be birthed out of that place, out of a love for Him. So, yeah, we, I want to say this is that we... There's something so beautiful about the way that God teaches us, and it is that actually we respond to revelation. Do you know that? We respond to revelation. So when God brings revelation, in other words, he reveals something, he opens up your eyes to see something that you haven't seen before. It's a revelation. Wow. As he opens up our eyes to that revelation, what he does is he then calls for a response. And we respond to that revelation. So for an example, as I'm weeping in front of the Lord, God is going, I'm showing you how much I love you. And my response, is, my response back to him is, I owe my life to you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. You understand? Response to revelation. And I'm trusting that even this morning, that as I'm just sharing of who he is, this mighty God, that will respond to that revelation. But not only that, that as I've just prodded that little question, a little question of, are you in love with him? That, that I'm trusting that God wants to just reignite that again this morning. A deep love for, for who he is. So, you know, we're going to get into really what I want to say this morning, or maybe that's really what I wanted to say, but out of this place of loving him, because I mean, that is, that is really, really where it all starts, because he loved us first. I want to go on a little, little bit of a journey with us. We're going to go on a small journey. Yeah, it's 1016, okay? So we're going to go on a little journey, um, and this is what I was feeling the Lord wa- wanted to say to us this morning. Um, yeah, actually, Josh Jen Weinberg, I, yeah, God is, um, yeah, he's building you guys together for his name's sake. This is, you guys are not just here by accident. There's a reason he's put you all in this place, in this time, in this season. You are called to be a church in this area. You're called to be the church in this area. You understand what it means? And I understand Estian and the leaders are so, you guys are not an autonomous church. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But you're actually called to be the church in this area. There are people around you that need to see family. They need to see Jesus. They need to see him by the way that you love one another. And so you actually are called to be the church in this area. And the leaders are 100% submitted to, to Andrew and the leaders of Josh Jen. I, I know that. That's not what we're questioning. But I actually felt like God was saying, I've built you guys together. And you're called to be the church in this area. You're called to be a church in this area. And that, that's different from, from actually just gathering together to come and hear a good message or worship. Sorry, what's your name again? Lisa. To listen to Lisa sing amazingly. That's not actually just why we're here. We're actually called to be the church in this area. And so, yeah, we know, because we know that Ephesians 3 tells us that it's through the church that God 
has chosen to reveal his manifold wisdom. It's through the church. It's plan A. The church is plan A. This is how he's chosen to reveal his manifold wisdom, through the church. And uh, I, I'm sure many of you have, um, but uh, Andrew's new series, I think it was in that, or it might have been in Blueprint, um, one of them, he was saying, you know, you can you drive down the road and you see a building, maybe a school hall, we also meet in a school hall in Pretoria, or maybe you see a building and on the front it says Josh Jen Church or it says so-and-so church. In Pretoria we have a lot of signs where the two pastors are on the billboard. It's a lot of that. Wow, sure. Anyway, Jesus, Jesus. Um, so we, so, and you see this massive building and uh, you've got a, a sign outside and you go, oh, no, that's the church. No, that's just the building with some bricks. This is the church. This is the church, the people here. And I want to, this is where I really I want to go this morning is, um, this is a massive deal to God. I want to say this, that he chose to reveal his manifold wisdom through the church. It's not just a, oh, by the way. All right. So 1 Peter 4 verse 9, and this is the portion of scripture. We're going to unpack it a little bit. And then, um, oh, just because it's, oh, I love looking at the word. We're going to unpack it a little bit. We're not going to go into deep theology, but we're just going to look through it a little bit together. All right, so we're going to read it through together, and then we'll just unpack it a little bit as, as I feel like this is where the Lord is leading us this morning. So as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercies, but now you have received mercy. So I'm just going to um, just unpack a few things which do stand out, but more, more pulling out a few points that I want to highlight out of that portion of Scripture. So let's start at the top. Living stones rejected by men, but in God's sight, you are chosen people. And just for you to understand that I know that there are many that have been rejected here by men, but God has got a plan and he's built you together and he's put you into this house. You're a chosen people. You're a chosen people. He's put you together in this house to be built. To be built. In another translation, in this translation, it says built up. I think in the NIV, it says built into a spiritual house. God is building you guys together. He's building you together. And, um, and, and why I'm going on this journey is because I, wanna, I want to lay a little bit of foundation for what I want to speak about just now. Then he goes on to say to be holy. We know that holy obviously doesn't mean perfect and pure. Actually, holy in the, in the Hebrew actually means just to be set apart. You're actually set apart. We're to be set apart. We're different from the world. We're set apart for his glory, for his works. So, Joshden Weinberg, the people that God is adding together into this family to be part of this, each one of you 
that call on his name, that repent of their sins, because you need to be saved, that repent of his sins, and um, yeah, uh, you, you choose Jesus. <laughs> for each one of you, for each one of you, you actually are set apart. You're called to be different from the world. Not to snack on the world. Not to compromise like Claire's word came. But actually to come and feast at the table. To come and eat from him. To taste and see that he is good. And then goes on to say that to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. It didn't, I noticed there that it didn't say uh, so that Andrew Selly will offer spiritual sacrifices. Or that Estian or Jeff or Dimitri or Dane or Ryan didn't say that. Oh, yeah, because I didn't see their names there. Uh, maybe, let me just, no, I didn't see their names there. <laughs> I, what, I, what I did say, what it, what it does say, it says, for you to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You, you, me, Claire, each one of you. Romans 12, 1, 2 says that we are to present our bodies as living and holy sacrifices. It's our true act of worship. Each one of us. I want to keep on reiterating it's for each one of us. Not just for the leaders. Um, and just to encourage you. You know, uh, and this is, not, this is not me saying we've got it all together because we have the same challenges. But to encourage you in this. You know, the prayer meetings beforehand. Giving yourself as a living sacrifice is, is actually coming early. And being part of what God is doing and hearing the Lord for the meeting and hearing what he wants to say and coming and sacrifice. I know it means getting up half an hour earlier, but Jesus died for you. And I know it sounds harsh. Does that sound harsh? I'm sorry, I, that could be come across. I mean, I, I'm not part of this congregation, but just to encourage you that when Estian and the leaders call a meeting uh, in an evening, that actually we give ourselves to that. We give ourselves to that. When the 412 conference is on, the Acts talks about that they devoted themselves. Estian didn't devote you. Estian, they devoted themselves to the apostolic. And there's something of a giving of ourselves. So come to the prayer meetings. There are so many prophetic gifts here. So many. I know, I know that there are people sitting here that carry, that you hear the Lord and you carry something of the prophetic. And, and worship is going and and the team is up here, and Lisa's singing, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing, and God is stirring something inside of you, and you go, uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to just use that. And poor Estian is going here, because I know what it is to lead. Um, he's going, oh Lord, will you just come and send something? And it's you who God has spoken to you because he's given you that gift. He's spoken to you in a moment of worship that he's given you a word of knowledge that there's someone here that's sitting with uh, a hidden area of sin or whatever it means. I, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm just saying because that happened to me. So um, that actually really did happen to me. Um, but I'm not going to go into You can ask me afterwards. So um, there's someone here who's, who you're hearing from the Lord. And you're carrying this thing, and it's maybe for the meeting, or it's for someone, but you, uh, you know, we've got family lunch on, and I can't wait to go and see my grandkids, or I can't wait to go see my cousins, or my family, or my friends, or whatever, or F1 is on this afternoon, I'm a big F1 fan, I've got my Mercedes jersey on, 
So uh, that's, that's brave, eh? Because there's not many Mercedes fans. Everyone is Ferrari and Red Bull. Yes, I see that hand. Hey, yes. Um, so, um, uh, or oh, I want to go and watch the soccer, whatever it may be. Oh, man. Is that really important? God has called us and he's built us together as living stones. Come to the prayer meeting. Come and hear what God is saying to, for, through us, for the meeting, for the people. When you walk through this door, when you walk through the door, are you going, Lord, what are you saying? Who do you want to encourage today? Who do you want to, what do you want to say to someone? What do you want to say to me? What, how do you want to use me this morning? Can, will you give me the courage to raise my hands in worship? Will you give me the boldness to go and lay hands on someone and pray for them and encourage them in the things of the Lord? Or am I coming because, yo, you know what? Um, I've got to do church on Sunday. But I actually, I can't wait to go and play games or watch soccer or do whatever. Is this actually, is this actually what, what you live for? Is for, to gather together with the ecclesia, with the family? Are you, is this what, what makes you passionate to be with the family of believers? Do you get excited about being here? Because you know that Jesus died for the bride. Do you know that? And are you excited about coming to be here and coming to be part of and coming to contribute? And you, Andrew is all of our leader, but he's the leader of Josh Jen. And he says, you've heard it a thousand times because it's biblical. We come to church to... Do we come to church to get? We come to church to give. I come here and I give. And as I give, I don't know why. Why does it happen? Maybe we can ask him one day when we're in heaven. Why does it happen when we come to give and pour out that God seems to go, I want to bless you, my son. I want to I I give you an encouragement. But our heart posture and our attitude is we come to be poured out like drink offerings for those around us. We don't come to actually get. But in God's goodness and his mercy and his grace, when we come to give and pour out, we seem to receive. I don't know why. It's beautiful. It's just one of the mysteries of the faith. Then I want to, yeah, just jump down to verse 9. We're still on, on, that, on the one portion of Scripture in Peter, 1 Peter. But you are a chosen race, a royal peace, priesthood. Don't you just love this? You're a people of his own possession. He's bought you with a price. You belong to someone. You belong to someone now. You don't belong to your boss or your mother-in-law. <laughs> or, sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I went there. Or you, I, I love my mother-in-law. I do. <laughs> um, or your... I don't know, I don't know, just, or yourself, yeah, you don't belong to yourself, I, I don't know why, it's just so, yo, man, the enemy is out at the moment to just come and distract and come and, and come and pull us away from the things of God, it's always been his strategy, spur menu, just the prices have changed, he's always trying the same tricks, um, and so, but you've been bought with a price, you don't belong to anything else, you belong to someone, you belong to the creator of the heavens and the earth, you belong to him. He sent his son, who was without spot or blemish, who never sinned. He sent him to take on every sin that you've ever done, everything that the world will ever do, into, onto his shoulders. He took that on so that you could have a beautiful, wonderful, eternal relationship if you believe in him. Eternal relationship. He's bought you. You don't, he owns you. And oh my goodness, if I want to be owned by anyone, do you not want to be owned by the creator of the heavens and the earth? Hey? 
I'm not a slave to my sin. I'm not a slave to this world. I'm a slave to Christ. And that's why I started with saying my life is not my own. I live for the king and his kingdom. And he wants to, oh man, let that stir up inside of you. Let that stir up inside of you. We are in the last days. We haven't got time to build careers. Working is great. Working is great. Being faithful in the marketplace, in the workplace is amazing. And there's a space for that. But we are not put on this earth for that. We're not put on this earth for that. I followed the dream of playing soccer. I went overseas and I was, thought I was going to play in the 2020 World Cup. I was on the shortlist as one of the strikers. That was my dream. That was my dream and my goal. I was given everything to it. Everything. Marriage was sacrificing. Everything was sacrificing. We are not put on this earth for that stuff. Oh man, the people walking around, I'm driving here and you're seeing people in the street and I don't know where they're off to. Maybe some of them are off to church. Maybe some of them are putting petrol in their car at the engine garage around the corner. I don't know. But they're all on this journey. But they need Jesus. And they see Jesus through you guys. The people around you are going to see Jesus through you as you live your life that is submitted and wholly set apart for him. They're going to see Jesus through you. But it needs to be authentic and genuine and real. Dudley Daniels, leader of NCMI, once said, many of you will know his name. He once said, it's more important what you get saved into than what you get saved out of. All of us have been saved out of drugs or maybe something, maybe not. Maybe you've had an amazing church upbringing, but we've all had challenges. But that stuff, those things, the drugs and the rock and roll that you got saved out is less important. More important is what you get saved into. And you get saved into a healthy church that are, that are sold out for Jesus. Sold out for Jesus because they're actually desperate, desperate to see his kingdom come on this earth. Are we desperate to see his kingdom? Are we desperate for the people to walk in this door as the Lord starts to add and multiply? And then there's an evening congregation that's planted in Weinberg. Are we desperate for that? Because God's raising up leaders in this place. Are we de- do we want to see that? Do we want to see family and friends come to know Jesus? Yo, man, this is not a place where we come to just hang out and sing Kumbaya around a campfire. It really isn't. And I know I sound like I'm preaching what you guys hear because this is what Andrew says all the time. I know that it sounds familiar, but it's how I live. This is not a place for our comfort and just to come and hang out. And there's some great people here and cool friends. And this is actually an amazing congregation. I'm looking around. You've got different demographics of young and old. It's amazing, wonderful, different races, black and white. It's, it, what a beautiful congregation. They're probably different bank accounts, maybe more wealthy, maybe less wealthy. Beautiful demographic of people here. And I was watching in the coffee as guys were hanging out and greeting. I was watching young talking to old and beautiful. God is doing something wonderful here. But this is not for that. That's great. That's a part of it. A part of it is to come and hang out with some friends and build family and relationship. But actually, it's for his name to be glorified out there. Jesus is wanting all to be saved. And he wants to reveal that through us. Yo, not just through Jeff and and the guys, Estienne and whoever else. Okay. Right, we're nearly there. We're nearly there, guys. Hang on. Hang on. We're nearly there, guys. All right. He called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I love what it says. This wasn't always the case. It wasn't always the case. We know that it wasn't always the case. Once you weren't, and now you are. Once you weren't, and now you are. Do you understand what that means? It's not like um, 
I love the, the way that the English language is used there. It's not that now you once, you, once you didn't come to church, but now you do. Once you didn't do these things, but now you do them. It's once you weren't, but now you are. Children of God, it's who you are. It's not something you do. God has placed an identity deep inside of you. I remember many, 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 many years ago, this is long ago, we had a, a leader's time in Denebos in Sirius. Do you remember? Remember that place with the pine trees in, in Sirius? There was only a few of us in Josh Jen then. Do you remember, Cindy? And we, went, and we were through there, and I remember we, I was standing under this roof, Denebos in Sirius, the, I think it had been a bit dilapidated, there was a hole in the roof. I was standing under the roof, and it felt like in a moment it was a bit of an open heaven, but God gave me this word, and I took it to Andrew. And I'll never forget it. I felt like God was birthing something in Josh Jen at the time, and I saw all these ID books. And all the ID books were the people that were there. They had their pictures, like you see, green ID book. But instead of their names, it just said Jesus. Jesus. God was, was reestablished something that we are not to call to be Dane Ledbetter. That's my surname. That's not who I'm, I'm called to be a son. It's who I am. I'm a son of the living God. God has changed my identity. I've been bought with a price. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. I agree. Thank you, Jesus, man. I would be divorced in a gutter, probably dead somewhere. Being honest. Guaranteed. But God. But God. 